Well, again, Happy New Year to everyone, and uh, welcome to City Church this morning. I'm excited that we're here. Come on now. I'm excited that we're here. My wife said to me when we made the decision, the leadership core of City made the decision to still have church, my wife said to me, are you kidding? Do you know how cold it will be? I said, woman, if we can't brave the cold for Jesus, what's the purpose of all of this, right? I'm only kidding. So, uh, but I'm so thankful that you uh, face death to be here this morning and to worship with us here at City Church. You know, the amazing thing is, it's going to be 60 degrees on Friday. Isn't that awesome? You know, the other thing that's absolutely incredible to start off the new year is that the Green Bay Packers will win today at 440. They're going to beat the Giants. Do I have an amen in the house of God? Now, people ask me where my my accent is, and it's actually from Wisconsin. I was raised on a farm there as a young boy, and the accent stuck. And so, uh, but go pack, and uh, we're going to trust God for great things as we step into the new year. And then to all my New England fans, and I know the sound guy is one of them, but just praying you lose. So that's, that's how we operate in the house of God together. So, you know, um, I've been thinking about a message for this morning. I am keenly aware that we're stepping into a new year. It's 2017. How many of you can believe that it's a new year and it's 2017. That's just amazing to me. I stand here as 52 years of age. This is my 20th year, about mid-year. It'll be my 20th year serving as the lead pastor here at City. It's just stunning to me. It is stunning to me to step into this year. I don't know why, but within this new year and stepping into it, I've got this incredible excitement about what God has kind of purposed in my heart for this year. Hard to explain. And as I was thinking about 2017, kind of the first message, I want to say this. How many of you want this to be a God-blessed year? How many of you want that for your life? I know that I do. I know that I do. And I thought about a God-blessed 2017 And a lot of New Year's communications that I get from people, it'll say, Hartwig family, may God bless the new year. And I think to myself, and I I want this to be a God-blessed year. I don't think any one of us stepped into the new year and said, I hope 2017 is the worst year I've ever had in my life. No one does that. You get up each, you get, you start the new year and you get up each day And the goal of our lives, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, is there would be the clearest sense that God is with you, that God has blessed you. It doesn't mean life is easy. It doesn't mean life does not have its trials. But there is the clearest sense that through Jesus, God's blessing is with us. We have that. And as I was thinking about a message to launch City into 2017, It just came to me about the whole idea of 2017 being a God-blessed year for our church. Not only for our church corporately, but for each one of us individually that make up the church. But here's what I know. 
What if, what if, saying this will be a God-blessed year, we could say it with assurance instead of just wishing it to be true? What if you can step into the year and you could say with a deep subterranean confidence, this will be a God-blessed year instead of kind of seeming like a hallmark, wishful thinking kind of a deal? What if that were the case? And here's what came to me as I was praying about this message for my own life, for your life individually, and for us corporately as a church. Here's what came into my mind. I've got the quote up on the screen. What if having a God-blessed 2017 has something to do with me intentionally aligning my life towards God so that God is able to bless my life? That thought struck me. Let me read it again. What if having a God-blessed 2017 has something to do with me and you intentionally aligning our lives towards God so that God is able to bless my life? By the way, an amen amen goes there. Amen. Because could it be true that when we align our lives towards God's best for our lives, that the blessing is there as well. Could it be, though, that as we exit last year and we move towards this year, we are keenly aware in our personal lives there are things that are not yet right as we step into the new year? In my own life, I always spend time praying and looking into the new year and saying, okay, God, Is there anything that your presence would bring to mind and to heart that you would call me to do as we step into the new year? One of the things very clearly for me was that God, this is just for me, that God spoke to my heart about reading the Bible through this year, from Genesis to Revelation. And so what I did is I logged on to the YouVersion Bible app. I found a reading plan that will allow me to read through the Bible this year. In other words, there's some accountability for the choice or the thing that God's called me to do. And so I went on there, I found a reading plan, and I actually got really aggressive. I picked one plan for the morning, and I picked one plan for the evening. There's literally thousands of plans or devotionals that are found on the YouVersion Bible app. So I picked one for the morning, and one for the evening. Here's what I've found. It will take 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening for me to read through the Bible in an, for the entire year. I can read through the Bible twice if I spend 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening. And so I just kind of looked at it and said, okay, God, I'm going to do this. I got a little accountability through this reading plan. I have a dear friend of mine who reads through the Bible four times every year. So I called him up and I said, hey, listen, I'm going to be reading through the Bible for this year and I'm going to do it twice, once in the morning, once in the evening, two different reading plans. And he said, what a wimp. Why don't you do four times in one year? I told my friend, I'm not as righteous as you are. That's why I'm not going to quite pull that one off. But here I am into the year, and I'm starting to read, and 
I'm praying about this message, and I'm going through this reading plan, and I hit a verse in Genesis 5, 26 that I had never noticed before. And here's why. I've found every time I read the Bible, and I've read the Bible countless times, but every time I read it, I see something new. And I came across Genesis chapter 5, verse 26, and it fed right into this morning's sermon. And as I got to it, it's talking about Adam and Eve and who begat who and who had what children and 90% of the names you can't pronounce and the other 4% you would never name your own child. There's like one name in there that actually works and I'm kind of reading through and I'm just going through all of the names and all of this stuff and all of a sudden I get to verse 26 that Seth, who is the son of Adam and Eve, also had a son. And his name was Enosh. None of you would name your child Enosh. I just don't think it's going to percolate to the top of the most given names for a boy in America this year. Then the next phrase struck me. Here's what it said. At that time, the people began to call on the name of the Lord. And then it just went right into who begat who again. It was like this one little sentence that God has eternally placed there. And all it says is, at that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. And it struck me right in my heart. There's no crisis that's named. There's no enemy that's pressing their borders. There's no disease that mentioned. There's, there's nothing that's coming against them that oftentimes crisis motivates us towards God. There's nothing there like that. All it says is that Seth named his son Enosh, and at that time, people began to call in the name of the Lord. And I thought to myself, is the pastor of City Church, what more could you ask for in 2017 than this verse would be said about our lives individually and our lives corporately? That it wasn't out of crisis, it's just that we looked at this world, we looked at our lives and said, let's call on the name of the Lord. Let's do it. Let's see what happens if a group of people, that it would be said of a group of people that they called on the name of the Lord. I like that. By the way, an amen goes there. You people are missing your opportunity to say amen. Now, as I looked at this, I just felt like my heart was resonating with this verse, and then it went back to this. Isn't it interesting that I'm only two days into the reading plan and already God has spoken to me deeply through His Word? That what He asked me to do, I've taken obedient action to do it and He's already speaking to my heart and to my life. And that kind of brought me to the next thought, and it's this. For us individually and corporately, to have a God-blessed 17, here's where it begins. And I know it flies in the face of so much of culture, but it's this, obedient action. Obedient action. 
that when God speaks to you and to me about 2017 and something we're supposed to do, that we take action. We are obedient to what God has called us to do. And in the midst of obedient action, here's what I know about my own life, that I have to let something go. God spoke to me about this, that there's stuff from 2016 that if it continues into 2017, I'm going to get the same result. It's often been said that the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and think you'll get a different result. Well, I experienced God kind of knocking on the door of my heart as I moved towards 2017 where God kind of put it in my heart that there are things that I need to let go of if I want 2017 to be blessed. So there's something to let go of. Could it be that there is a relationship you need to let go of as you step into this new year? Could be a relationship. When we had our Freedom Weekend at City Church just a few weeks ago, we ended up having an incredible service here in this auditorium that kind of culminated the Freedom Weekend. And at the end of that, there was a 20-something, a, a someone that's about the, the age of our transit ministry here at City. And this individual came forward and asked for prayer. And I said, well, what are you looking for freedom from? And this individual said this, a relationship that's unhealthy, and it has drawn me away from God. But they said, I just feel such a drawing towards this person, but I know it's not good for me, it's unhealthy, it's dysfunctional, and I want God to set me free. I, I can't tell you how many times I have revisited that conversation as I prayed with that 20-something. I have prayed for them repeatedly since then. Here's why. There are times where in order to move towards God's best, we must let go of what's not good for us. Got to let it go. Let it go. But I will tell you, sometimes when you let something go, it feels like it's just a few feet too far before I get to what's next. I feel like I'm kind of hanging out in space by myself as I let go and I move towards what's next. And what I want to tell you is that's faith. That's faith. Believing that God has spoken, taking obedient action, letting something go, and then trusting God, kind of being vaulted into space and saying, okay, God, that was not good for me. I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to trust that I will land on something that's your provision. And so for some of us, we're already into the new year, and you're sitting here, and you're doing the mental math and God's Spirit is speaking to you, and you know there's something you have carried into 2017. It could be a relationship. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's an intentional blind spot. Maybe it's a grudge. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's selfishness. And I'll stop right there because there could be many people here going, oh no, don't keep going because every one of those is zinging me. What I want to say is 
I believe if we want 2017 to be God-blessed, it means we listen to the voice of Scripture and a voice of the Spirit, and when God says, let that go, we do, and we trust Him. Because as I read that quote in the beginning, maybe God's blessing happens when we align ourselves towards what we know God is calling us to do. Here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. 2017, being a God-blessed time, is a time where my prayer for you and me is that not only would we worry about physical health, Because oftentimes, and anyone who owns any gymnasium will tell you they sell the vast majority of their memberships at the beginning of the year, and by two months in, they can remove half the equipment because people aren't returning. But what I want to say is, not only would it be wise to do something about our physical health, but what about the health of our souls? What about looking at our souls? Saying, is my soul healthy? Am I moving into 2017 and letting stuff go so that my soul will be healthy before God? Now, I've thought about some things in my own life. I've had to ask the question, can God bless that? Is what I've been doing blessable by God? Or... Should I be making a change and moving towards something that I know God can bless? I think too often people would say, I don't sense God's blessing. Well, maybe we should look within our own souls and our own lives and say, maybe I'm responding in a way that out of grace, God's not blessing it. God's not blessing it. I've had the wonderful experience of raising three children. Two of them are still teenagers, but they're almost out of those years. I can tell you as a parent, there are times as a dad where I did not bless the choices my kids were making. Things like this. If you continue to play in the street, you might get run over. Not going to bless that. You need to come over into the yard. You need to play in the yard. Well, maybe God's that way. Maybe God sees our lives and sees that we're out playing in the middle of the street. God's not blessing it. But we hear even in this moment the wooing of the Holy Spirit saying, come on now, come on now. You've heard me speak to you and maybe it's time to get out of the street and get into the yard so that our Heavenly Father would have, be able to bless us and we would have the sense of His blessing. As I've thought about this, it begins maybe for us to let something go. We're going to let something go. The next thought would be, though, is that maybe we need to take something on. But here's what I want to do say. I've discovered in my own life there are times where I will set something down. I will get rest 
and restoration, but there will come a time when I've set something down that it becomes time to take the energy, maybe the finances, the effort, maybe the study or whatever I was putting into this, and now I offer that to God and say, okay, God, I've let that go, so now where do you want me to focus this time finances, energy, whatever it is, now where do you want me to focus that for you and your kingdom? I believe that that's key. Now, as we let something go, it might be time to take something on. For God to bless us, maybe for my personal life, it's time to align myself into God's best for my life, and as I do that, I experience God's blessing more fully. For one thing, for some of us, it's time for you to accept Jesus. You've been at City Church for months. You've been observing. You've been watching. The Holy Spirit has been drawing you towards the Son of God, towards Jesus. You've been here in our services, you've experienced Christmas, we've explained what the birth of Jesus means into this world, and the ushering of the kingdom of God, and that here He is, the new King, and the Holy Spirit has been drawing you to Jesus. Maybe this morning, in this moment, it's time for you to take something on. It's time for you to finally surrender to your life to Jesus. And to say yes to Him. And to accept Him. And to put your faith, hope, and trust in Jesus. That He would go from an idea that you've been looking at to a living person who is resurrected from the dead. Who's been where you've been. He was God in the flesh. He walked on this earth. He's experienced life. And you can have a personal relationship with Him that will transform everything about your life. Maybe it's time to take him on. Before we go any further in this message, I want to pray. I want to pray that if that's you, you have sensed the knocking of the Holy Spirit, that it is time for you to give your life to Jesus. I just want to say a brief prayer right now in the midstream of this message. And if that's you, would you pray this prayer with an open heart, full of faith towards God, that you would pray this prayer and repeat it after me. The prayer goes something like this. Dear Jesus, I don't know everything there is to know about who you are. But what I do know is that I need you. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent of those things that I know that I need to let go of. Dear Jesus, forgive me. Cleanse me, fill me with your Holy Spirit, and give me new life. Jesus, thank you for what you've done for me. I choose to follow you, to serve you for the rest of my life. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's time... It's time to take something on. And God's blessing begins with Jesus. And if you just took him on, I can't tell you how thrilled I am for you. It is a step 
towards God that places God's blessing so close, so real. That's why Jesus came. And if you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you, please tell someone before you exit city today. And not only that, we have a life group that's just ready-made for you. It's a life group that will help you to understand who Jesus is and what it looks like to be a disciple of Christ and to follow Him. Now, maybe for the rest of us, maybe it could be said that God is calling you to take something on. And what I know is oftentimes, especially as we mature in Jesus, and we grow in Him, there comes a point, and often in my life, it's at the beginning of the year, where God will call me to take something on that is completely new territory. Not something I've, I'm familiar with. It's something that's new. It's about moving into a new region, into a new area, yet I sense God's call. And here's what I know. That if you read the gospel and the message of Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus, that these episodes are what makes the gospel work in our lives. It's like the Christmas story that we just studied for five weeks. It's like when Mary receives the message from God's messenger that says, will you take on the Son of God new territory? And Mary says, how can this be because I'm a virgin, new territory? God says, take it on, follow me. Her husband-to-be, Joseph, has chosen to let her go because now she's with child. God comes to her and says, Joseph, will you take this pregnant woman to be your wife, new territory? Joseph says, yes. Then we look at the Gospels themselves. You look at the Apostle Peter who has the second best name in the entire Newer Testament. God comes to him and Jesus stands in the boat that Peter's in and he looks at Peter and he says, Peter, drop your nets, move away from the fishing boat, come and follow me. New territory. And Here's what I found. Anytime a follower of Jesus steps into new territory, God does amazing things amazing things, things that we would not experience unless we take that step and move towards Jesus and say yes to the new territory that God is calling us into. Some of you may say, I'm not sure what that is. So I would like to make a suggestion. It's a suggestion that my prayer is every one of us at City would take on in 2017, and if you do and when you do, you will experience God's blessing, and it's this. Here it goes. To see work as God's calling in your life. Seeing your job as God's calling in your life. Want to read a scripture? Colossians 3, 22 through 24. I'm going to read it out loud. I'd like for you to read it off the screen. Here's what Paul writes. Slaves. Let's put employees in there. Some of you feel like slaves where you work. Obey your earthly masters or your boss in everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you, to curry their favor, 
but when sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters or bosses. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the, the Lord as a reward. In other words, you will be blessed. It is the Lord Jesus Christ you are serving. And I would add, not man. Can you imagine what it would look like if all of the hundreds of people that called city their home would view their schooling, if you're still in school, your job training, if you're in job training, if you're a university or a college student, if you would view this that way, if you're a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad, if you're just starting in a job, or if you're the boss or even the owner, can you imagine what it would look like if all of us viewed this as the call of God for 2017, that my job is my calling? And when I step into it, I'm going to do it for Jesus, not for a paycheck, not when my boss is looking, but I'm going to do it for Christ, and I'm going to give it my absolute best. I also want to say this. I'm going to behave on the job like I'm working for Jesus. It doesn't matter if anyone else works hard or not, I will. I'm going to avoid a ver verbally bashing my company, my boss, and my coworkers. I'm going to show up every day with a constructive attitude, even if everyone else has a destructive one. You want to know why? I'm called to do this job. And if it's my calling in life, then I'm going to show up that way. Listen, if we would own this call from God, I believe when we view that my calling is my job and I do it, to follow Jesus and to serve others, I can guarantee you, you will be blessed. I can guarantee it. Conversely, if you say, you know what, God? I'm going to serve you until I walk through the door of my job. And for the next eight hours, you're not welcome. But when I exit and get in my car, you're welcome again. Those eight hours, God, I've got this. I'm not going to view this as a calling. I'm going to view it as something else. I just want to say, I would encourage you as your pastor to view it differently. Can you imagine instead, if you would offer God your job, you would offer God what you do for a living, and you would say, God, I am called here. I'm going to take it on. I'm going to take it on for you. I'm going to take this job on for you, and it's going to be my calling, and I'm going to do it for your glory, and I'm going to do it for your honor, and I'm going to do it because you're calling me to behave this way. I know it's quiet, but an amen goes there as well. For some of us, though, we're a few days into 2017, and you would say, you know what, Pete, I, I get it. There's stuff I'm, I'm going to let go. I, I got it. I got it. But when it comes to what am I supposed to be taking on, I'm not so sure. Not so sure. If that's you, I'm going to encourage you to participate with City 
with this week-long fasting and prayer? I am. I'm going to ask that you would fast and pray. If you have never fasted and prayed before, we've got this fasting and prayer brochure. It's out in the foyer. You can pick it up. Maybe fasting's brand new to you. I would encourage you to grab this as you exit, and it's just a basic understanding of what fasting and prayer is. Because here's what I have found. There are times in my life in order to get clarity from God that fasting and prayer is how it happens. It's when you remove yourself from some food, maybe all food. I'm hypoglycemic. If I were to completely fast from food, I would be in the corner seeing angels and other things within, within about 48 hours. But there are ways of fasting. And I would say, in com combination with some type of a food fast, I would encourage this, a media fast. We live in a world where there's no longer silence, where people have earbuds in, where people are on social media, where people are in front of the television or the car radio's on or whatever the case may be. Maybe, just maybe, we could move into a place of silence to where we'd be able to actually hear from God as we fast media for a week. Some of you are going through withdrawals right now thinking about it. You can't fathom not checking Facebook for a day or missing that television soul or show. Same difference probably, I don't know. You can't even imagine. Let me tell you, The Bachelor will go on without you. It'll be just as creepy whether you watch it or not. Amen goes there. Well done. <laughs> but you kind of get the point, don't you? How is it that we, when we can hear from God when everything's so cluttered and noisy and loud? How about we fast? We separate ourselves for a little bit. We say, God, I'd like 2017 to be a God-blessed year. I want to hear from you. In line with that, this coming Wednesday night, we're going to have a time of prayer and communion and worship at City Church Central at 7 o'clock. It'll be a time where we gather together to pray about these specific things, that as a corporate church and as individuals that make up the church, that we will hear from God and we'll take obedient action to what God say, says to our lives. You know, I was doing this Bible reading as I kicked off the new year. I came across another verse that really just brought joy to my soul. And here's why. As I began reading into the, the first of the year, it was all in the book of Genesis, as you can imagine. That's where the Bible starts, and I was reading, and I was starting to get a little bit depressed, and here's why. It's not that I couldn't uh, pronounce half the names that I was reading. It's that I noticed a pattern that really freaked me out. It was this, that God said he had only given plants to the people to eat. It freaked me out. Two times it said that in the creation story, and I give you all these plants. And it bothered me so much, I went to Fran and I said, God, help me, because it looks like vegetarians have it right. 
And Lord knows I love cheeseburgers. I'm going to tell you, that's what I'm going to fast this week is cheeseburgers. I mean, my goodness, how can you live without them? And then I hit Genesis 9-3. And oh, the joy in it hit my soul. After Noah comes out of the ark, God says to Noah, everything that lives and moves about will be food to you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. And I felt the release of God because I had been faithful to read and to do what God was calling me to do. And I could see cheeseburgers as being blessed by the God who created the cows that give us the milk and the meat to make them. You know I'm being humorous, but I can promise us that if we would be a group of people that look at 2017 and say, I want this year to be God-blessed, I'm going to let some things go, I'm going to take some things on, and when I do, I believe I'll see God's blessing, and I'll step into 2017 with a confidence that this year will be blessed by God. It will not be without its trials. And it will not be without its struggles, but it will be a year that I sense God's blessing. And even in the midnight of the soul, I will sense to the depths of my being that there's a God that has blessed me and is with me. Let's stand as we close out in worship together. As we close out our time, I think obedient action is something that God calls us to. And as we close out our time, I'm going to ask that the prayer team would please come forward. I would also say this, is that if you are a believer who's maturing Christ, I know a lot of our prayer team are not here this morning, but if you're someone who's mature in faith, and you see someone in a moment that's coming down for prayer, I'd encourage you to step out into the aisle and walk with them and to pray with them as they come forward. Because here's what I know. Some of you are exiting a year where you know God's blessing was not on your life. You know it. No one has to convince you. You know it's true. There were choices that were made. There was stuff that happened. And it's time to set it down. It's time to let go of it. It's time to be free. It's time to walk in a new way. You recognize it so clearly that you're standing here and you, can, you actually know what it is. If that's you, I want to encourage you to take obedient action and that you would step out into this aisle and that you'd come forward for prayer. That you would say, you know what, God, I'd like 2017 to be blessed. And maybe it's true, and I believe it is, that the alignment of my life before God is what makes my life blessable. It does. And the amazing thing is, is through Jesus, we have the hope of that. We can have the promise of that. That when I step out and say, okay, God, I'm going to make this choice that Jesus is there with me to walk with me and to encourage me and to give me strength and to give me hope and to give me a purpose and peace in the midst of this. If that's you, in just a moment, I'm going to encourage you to come forward. Now, there are others. It's this. Your job 
has been a place where God's not been welcomed. You haven't used it as a calling. You've made it a burden. I want to encourage you that as we close out our time, if that is you, that you would take some obedient action. That you would step towards God and you'd say, okay, God, I'm going to view those eight hours. I'm going to view my schooling. I'm going to view whatever it is and I'm going to step into you and I'm going to say, God, I'm going to take obedient action. I will respond to your call to make that area of my life a place that's now blessable because I'm going to do it for you. It's going to be a calling, not a burden, but a calling. I'm going to do it as unto you, not to my boss, not to a paycheck. I'm going to do it to you. The other thing is this. Some of us have had an incredible 2016. Maybe it's time to truly thank God. So God, thank you. I've been a little bit ungrateful or a little bit unthankful. And I look at 2016 and now in 2017, it's time for me to pause and say, thank you, God, for blessing me the way you have. And God, could I come to you now and say, God, please bless 2017 as well. We're going to conclude our time. Last is this. You know God has called you to take on something new. It's big. It's new territory. You know that he has. I'd encourage you to come forward and pray as well. Say, Jesus, okay, here I am. It's time for obedient action. I'm going to do this. I'm going to step into this. I'm going to trust you that as I step out into your calling, that I will experience you in ways that would have never happened had I not stepped into this, and I will see your glory. As we conclude our time now, I encourage you to come forward. If you sense God knocking on your heart the way I sense God knocking before the first of the year on mine, saying, God, let those things go, take these new things on, and follow me. Follow me. Follow me. If that's you, invite you to come forward and pray as we conclude our time in worship. In just a few minutes, I'll be back with a concluding blessing. Let's begin to worship together as we sing this powerful, powerful worship chorus. Let's sing it together. If you need to come forward, please do so now. Take my life and
And at that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you are a God who blesses. Thank you that you're a God who forgives and a God who guides and directs our steps. So Jesus, in this moment, we surrender 2017 to you. May it be a God-blessed year. May it be a God-blessed year. And may our lives be lives that are blessable as we move forward into 2017. And now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. And may he give us peace. God bless you. I invite you to stay for some, a season of worship. If you need to slip out, please do so quietly. Do not exit without giving someone a hug or greeting someone. But let's sing this hymn again as we commit ourselves fully to God's blessing in 2017. Let's worship together. Take my life and